Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Hello, this is Cortina Peters, aka the girlfriend therapist, and our other co-host is not with us today, Dr. G. She is on her way to the motherland. She is on a flight to Africa. I thought we were going to get lucky and have her pop in with us, but guess what? <laughs> no, not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but since she did not, we have to represent, well, this is Louisa Harrell, a.k.a. the Blue Phoenix. And guess what we are sitting on tonight? So what are we drinking tonight? We're thinking... We're thinking. We're drinking a limoncello <laughs> spritz. We're thinking too, guys. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> uh, a limoncello spritz. So you need two ounces of limoncello, three ounces prosecco, one ounce soda, soda water, sliced lemons, and either basil or rosemary. Okay. Um, you fill, you can fill a large wine glass two thirds of the way with ice. You add the sliced lemon and basil to the ice, and on top of that, you put a limoncello the Prosecco and the soda water. Stir that gently and then you garnish it with more lemon and either rosemary or basil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, all right then. Well, so what's been going on with you? Huh, this week? Anything good? Mm -hmm. This week has been the tester. Um, I have a high schooler. I have a middle schooler and two elementary school students. And also a 20 year old, well, about to be 20. So it seems like everybody's been a little emotional this week for some reason. And everybody's <laughs> been needing to take those emotions out on everybody else. Okay. So it's just been one of those <laughs> weeks. A little bit of extra mercury retrograde happening. Uh, it's a little right? extra, it's a little more than extra up in our house. Okay. 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 Yeah, other than that, it's good. Everybody's, you know, we have, they've been talking and trying to get it together. Okay. But it's, it's good outside of that. How about your week? Well, busy as ever, you know, busy, a lot of stuff moving. I'll be happy when next week is over. Uh, I defend for my dissertation next Thursday. So, yes, I will be excited when that is done. So the weeks and the days are all starting to jam together for me. Uh, so yeah, once that is, that is done, I'll be able to breathe for maybe like two weeks and then I'll say breathe for a second. For a second, yes, 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 three for a second. Um, so we're gonna move right on into our WCWs. I know I have mine, but would you like to share yours, or would you like for me to go first? Um, I can go because I'm a little excited about my WCW because I'm it's Viola, Viola Davis. All right. Um, you all know that the Woman King is coming out. I think it'll be out. Uh, Thursday, uh, Friday, the 16th. Okay. Yeah, it'll be out Friday. And she, not only does Viola, Viola Davis, not only does she star in it, she was one of the producers. Really? So, yeah, so shout out to Viola Davis for The Woman King, which comes out Friday. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's so funny because last week we all kind of had the same, uh, I want to say we did political figures last week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And then this week I have also (laughs) a a Hollywood 
starlet. So I really? wanted to, yes, I do. I wanted to uh, have Halle Bailey as my WCW. And the reason for that is because we all know the trailer for the Little Mermaid dropped yeah. uh, this past week. And some of the comments that I've been see seeing have been uh, very disheartening. Uh, and so I wanted to make her my WCW because I wanted her to just, you know, send love and light her way. I know she has a lot of support from her fans. I know yeah. she has a lot of support from the industry. However, there are not a little bit, but a lot of people that are not happy that The Little Mermaid was cast by a Black actress. Yeah. Which is funny to me because mermaids don't even exist. It's like what? having a darker, bluer <laughs> avatar exactly. or something exactly. like that. It's make-believe, you know? And and the fact that they they can't necessarily get around or get out of their own way uh, to be able to just enjoy a classic um, was was very sad to see. And, and it yeah. really just shows you uh, where we are. And it reminds me of even uh, the... Uh, throne of the dragon. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, but I call it House of Dragons. But they say that's not. What oh, okay. The House of the Dragon. I think is what the actual <laughs> name is. Ask so me, I needed I to know. make sure I got it right. But they did not even like to see the Targaryen, the black man who has the white hair, and that's what they're known for—their white hair. Oh yeah. Um, they were upset about that too so just seeing where we are even still today where race is such a huge or can be such a huge divide is disheartening but it's the reality and you know being able to navigate that and being able to still encourage everybody to just enjoy your life Right, because life is already hard enough. So why make it harder by leaning into racism? Yeah. Um. What's the point? There is no point, and it, and it's a racism is not even, race is not even real if you think about it. It's a social. It was created. Yeah, it's a social construct. So mm -hmm. the fact that we still have so many issues and so many uh, hurdles to cross and so many problems in 2020 over because of the color of our skin is ridiculous to me. And then the children that are born are either, well, you know, they're innocent, so they don't know. But then right. with the subconscious and uh, subliminal messages and things, like there was a video of a young, uh, a little girl who was Caucasian and uh, Little Mermaid uh, video came up and she was like really confused. And I don't know if her mother told her to say it, but she said something about, is that supposed to be Whitney Houston? And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I, okay, okay, yeah. But, you know, and, and her mom giggles at it, but it was other videos of young black kids excited. Oh, I saw them. Yeah, and I'm like, like, you know, representation matters. And, it, and yeah. it's, it's a shame that to this day, we have to push for the first anything. Yeah. About, you know, it's it's just really frustrating. It is, you know, and, and so it asked the question, like, how do we move on from this? And I know that's not an answer that we would be able to fix tonight, right? Yeah. 
But right. even starting the conversation and for our listeners and our viewers, when we have these type of conversations about important issues such as race and race related matters and how do we navigate that and how do we get to a place where we all can come together collectively and move forward because it's very challenging and difficult when you still have people denying its its existence because if i deny it that means i don't think it even that means, exactly so if i don't see that there's an issue i'm not going to be doing anything to help fix it or to help solve it or to do anything in relation to navigating race relations because I don't think that there's an issue because some people, they don't see color or some other individuals were all equal and, you know, it's not a problem. But clearly, I mean, we still have some some challenges just because you've never experienced it. It it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And so that's what we have to look at. Um, But uh oh, we oh wait. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me see how I fix this. Hold on now, how I do this? Oh, she's on the plane. She made it. Oh, my God. I am here on the plane. I am. I just want to say <laughs> hi. She's buffering. I'm buffering. Oh, my God. What the hell? What? We see you. you. We see you. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I just want to say hi. I am headed to... I'm I'm literally on the plane. <laughs> I'm headed to South Africa. I but you know, I've never missed an episode, so I wanted to at least stop by and say hi. At least show your glowing face. Look how pretty you look. And it's terrible because I pressed my hair out because so many reasons. I'm like, I don't want to carry a whole lot of product to South Africa with me. So I pressed my hair out so it's wrapped. And and I learned how to wrap my first little bun. But I just want to say, I love you all. I'm excited that you all are still. So I'm just saying. Don't you cry on that command, Pam. Don't you cry on that plane. I know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But what I will say is that you two ladies are my WCWs because without you, this podcast would be nothing. And and I've, I've been very Aww. present every single episode yeah and this is my first time missing it and it's killing me but here's the thing i don't think people realize that when you have two dynamic women behind you that it's okay to do your own thing yeah so i'm so ecstatic for this podcast in and in it of itself that standing beyond me. That's why you have and a team. I know, but and I look uh-huh. a hot mess. I look a hot mess. No, you don't. You look very pretty. Oh, child, I don't know because I'm not wearing glasses right now, and I normally I'm looking at a screen that I can't hardly see. Mm. I have <laughs> coffee, champagne in hand. <laughs> it's gonna help me sleep on this 14-hour flight. I won't get to South Africa until 4 a.m. Okay. Uh, it's a lot. Um, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's great for 
God calls you to different things that you're not quite prepared for, but you get ready for it. And you, if you, if you don't have to, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's true. And I think that me following my faith, I've never had to get ready for anything that I'm not prepared for. So you ladies are my WCWs for this week because literally in two years, the things that you've made this podcast become with me has been nothing short of miraculous. Over 5,000 downloads, just, ah, yeah. So I love you, ladies. I'm going to quickly log out and look. I hear bell sounding. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Love you too. Look, there she, there she clunk out. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that is, ah, oh, there, she, she's back. Well, because I didn't hit my phone. Yeah, I'm like, what in the world? This is what happens when like real life meets <laughs> real life meets um, podcast. Yes, but, yes. You yes. know, I love you, ladies. I appreciate every single thing that you do. All the visitors, all of the supporters, everybody that has ever been a part of this. Just know that. It doesn't go unnoticed, no matter how fast me or any one of us are moving. We super, super duper <clears throat> love that you all continually support us. Absolutely. But I'm going to go because yes, yeah, yes. there's a bunch of stuff going on and yes. people are moving past me on this plane. <laughs> but next week, I will be back. I will still be in Africa, but I will be present. <laughs> But not on the airplane. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, safe travels, and we love you. And we know yes, that absolutely. you're going to do amazing in your talk, uh, TED Talk experience, South Africa. And so, congratulations! And oh, so excited! Return. I know. So stay in tune because I'm going to be posting. But hold up! It's it's next time. Oh, no, it's not next week. Week after next, I'm going to just say that we are going to be celebrating <laughs> Cortina on her dissertation defense. Uh-huh. So I uh -huh. have to put that out there as the host <laughs> and someone who is connected to some dynamic bomb-ass women. We're going to celebrate her not next week, but week after next. Yes. So yes, I yes. love y'all. Thank you so much for showing up love and being you too. present. Um, I will let y'all know when I land safely. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh. She cracks me up. <laughs> yes. So that's what teamwork does. Like we announced in the beginning, <clears throat> the actual creator of this platform, she is traveling to South Africa um, for an amazing experience. She's a phenomenal woman, friend, educator. She's all about literacy and is absolutely amazing. The imprint she's making not only nationally, but internationally, which is phenomenal. Yeah. So with that, we have our special guest. She is in the building and she has arrived. Um, but before we actually bring her on, Talking about marketing yourself and branding yourself and being very intentional about the messages that 
you you brand yourself as. You know, I think that's extremely important, um, especially talking about um, Dr. G going over to continue to expand her brand. It's already, she has her book in three different languages in lots of different countries and continuing to expand that brand. I think yeah. it's only appropriate that today we have uh, Amanda Rabideau. And if I pronounce your name incorrectly, charge it to my to my head, not my heart. Not uh, your heart. I apologize. Mm -hmm. yes, but she is the founder and CEO of um, Art Collective. She has over 15 years experience. She's worked with large corporations um, to create a successful marketing strategy uh, plan and corporation. And when I went to the website, I, I like the collective aspect of it. Um, because it seems like it's just different people who enjoy doing different things to help promote someone's brand who decides to work with them. And so, you know, many heads are better than one. And so having a lot of different creative people come together for one common goal, I think that's amazing. And so without further ado, we're yes. going to bring up Miss Amanda so she can share all about her own story and why she created um, Art Collective and tell us a little bit more about the services and the importance of having a strategic marketing branding strategy and what that means and what that does not mean um, and how branding companies can really help take your product or your company to the next level. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having You're me. Welcome. I, I brought a mocktail. I have my LaCroix. So that's my drink of choice. Oh. And that's perfect. We're on the same page, so cheers. I have a Gatorade. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That works too. Get those um, electrolytes, right? Yes, um, yes, yes. So um, I know we have your bio, but I always like to give the guests the ability to highlight because no one can share or talk about the business or the product like the creator. And so what would you like for our viewers and uh, listeners to know about your company? Sure. Well, I'll start with the how and the why I even started Arch Collective. I know I always find the founding stories interesting when I'm meeting with startup founders, um, which is a perfect segue because I work with B2B tech companies, B2B tech startup companies. And um, I had been working at a large corporation, leading major initiatives, and um, just found myself feeling like I wasn't making an impact. Things were moving slowly. And so I started to look for other opportunities. And at one point was interviewing with four different post-Series A funded B2B or business-to-business -business tech mm -hmm. startup companies in the Bay Area. And as I was putting together my marketing plan, I'm like, they all need the same plan. Like they all are dealing with the same problems. And so I joking, you know, said to my husband, I'm like, why don't I just go work for all four of them? And then I'd like have a great paycheck and I'd be able to like knock out their problems so efficiently because basically I just need to do the same things. And then once I said it out loud, couldn't let go of it. And so lo and behold, I started Arch Collective November of 2019. And, you know, you mentioned the collective and I'm so glad you brought that up because even when I started it, I knew that I wanted this business to be about more than just me. I wanted it to be bigger than me. And um, 
at the time I was, you know, getting these ideas, I had recently had my second child and I was actively involved in Golden Gate Mothers Group, which is one of, if not the largest mothers group in the country. And, you know, is, is very big in, in San Francisco specifically. And in um, participating in that organization, I met all of these women um, and so many of them had amazing backgrounds. They went to Stanford or Berkeley and they'd worked at these great companies and made this amazing impact. And they either wanted to step away for a little bit or couldn't after stepping away, get back into a full-time role because it was so competitive. And I thought I've got access to all these amazing women who were freelance marketers. There are other freelance jobs too, but I thought I want to find a way to help these women, these mothers basically, you know, kind of connect back into this world. Right. And I never could have predicted that the pandemic happened and that freelancing and fractional executives and all of these things would have blown up in, in a good way in the way that it has. So ultimately now, you know, still working with B2B tech companies, my collective is expanded. I've got over 30 people that are involved in it, not all just women and not all just mothers, but, um, you know, to do exactly what, what you did a great job describing, which is when I'm working with these startups, bringing in people who have the exact niche skill set or the specific talent that they need in order to, to bring the marketing plan that I, um, that I build for them and bring it to life. Right. And the reason why Collective stood out to me, <clears throat> I own a group practice and I okay. call us the Clinician Collective because okay. we have healers and therapists and yogis and all different types of things to create this collective healing space, whether it's physical or emotional, spiritual, mental. And so I love that word and it encompasses kind of like what people need, right? You you kind of don't know what you need until you realize you never had it. And it's like, oh, I didn't need that marketing. I didn't realize how much I was missing until, oh my goodness. So you mentioned something about uh, tech startups. Yep. Does your company also do consulting in relation to writing proposals for potential funders for tech companies? And do so, you only focus on tech or do you focus on any any other type of marketing and strategy? So the short answer is yes. Um, but the way I would describe it is, you know, in, in the world of venture capital and mm -hmm. private equity funding, typically businesses need what's called a pitch deck. And so we have definitely built pitch decks. In fact, I'm in the middle of, of building one for a client now. Um, so we certainly help them with beginning to do that, that fundraising um, when they're early stage seed company. And as the companies progress and they grow and they get additional rounds of funding, while of course this the pitch deck and explaining what the business is doing is important, I also, as their fractional CMO, put systems in place and make sure we're hitting certain milestones mm -hmm. so that as VCs or venture capitalists are looking into these businesses, they see them, you know, if I work with the PR firm, so they can see them in magazines. I work with their um, social media and their digital uh, presence and their website to make sure that they're seeing this consistent story, that they understand the value prop. So the, the idea of fundraising moves less from the pitch deck and more into like the real world presence of the company as they get more mature and as they move into different rounds of funding. Okay. Now, when it comes also to let's just say there's a listener or a viewer who is interested, right? Let's mm -hmm. say I'm, I'm at a place where I feel like we can't do the mom and pop thing. We got to hire a, a company to kind of help us yeah. 
move forward. Have you ever had a situation where you decided not to take on a client? And do you kind of like vet and say, this is not what our brand really wants to represent? Or what's that process like? I do. And I love that you even asked that question because as you know, anyone who who starts a business, and I, I'm curious if, if you have a process for vetting potential patients. Or, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, and, and I have a, a coach that I work with. And one of the things that we've talked about, because I have had clients that haven't worked out or haven't been ideal. Mm -hmm. And it's like the amount of energy, both like mentally, physically, emotionally, that bad client can take is never worth the money. I call it, you know, like blood money or danger money, yes. right? Like it's it's yeah. never worth it no matter what it is. And so 100%, I have a process for, for vetting clients. Um, it's multiple steps, like there's meetings. And even if someone on the first meeting is like, I want to sign up, you know, I want to work with you. Mm -hmm. Unless I know this person previously or have worked with them, I still will make them go through my process because, you know, we've all interviewed people. And someone can do a great job in one interview, but you start to see other things in the second interview and in the third interview and how they respond on emails. And so there's all of these different touch points that I like to have because you can never be 100% sure. But if you, you know, put together certain steps and you do have a vetting process, it helps eliminate some of those that you're like, okay, I could have avoided this because in my view, you know, it takes two to tango. So like in any client relationship, I'm never just blaming them, you know, like it probably, maybe it wasn't a good fit for me and I shouldn't have brought them right. on or whatever the case may be. But like the more ownership and responsibility I take for saying yes to that client, then I'd like to think the better chance we have that it will work out and be a productive engagement. Do you also give them like little uh, nudges as it relates to not necessarily telling them how to manage their company, but if you're seeing where there's some personality defects that could be potential barriers to them being able to get funding from venture capitalists or wherever they're getting their crowdfunding or wherever they're getting their, their seed money from, will you have that conversation with them and say, hey, you have someone on your team that might be holding you back and because I, I don't necessarily know like how far you go. Are you 100% like all in with them and all inside? Or are there different levels and tiers that companies can hire you and say, we want you to do only this or we want you to do all of this? Oh, that's a well, good question. Yeah. And, and the short answer is there are some companies where it's more project based and others where I've had people and clients and even their employees say, oh my gosh, I forget that you're not a full-time worker. Like I'm so used to you being here, you're in meetings and, and all of that. So, and so there's a bit of a spectrum there, okay. but you know, I, I would say and whether people like it or not, but I'm like feedback and honesty is a gift. So I think it, you're lucky if I'm telling you that there's a problem, then like you're welcome right now, obviously how you present that and how you phrase it and how you share it and how you time it is super important. But I do think that part of my role, um, you know, is to bring to the leadership's attention, hey, like this may not be working or I'm noticing this going on. Now, I, whenever I'm doing that, I'd be sure to like lead with facts, not my emotions, not my opinions, but I'll, I'll give you a small example. Um, this pitch deck that I, I referenced earlier, you know, one of the two co-founders 
is not as comfortable presenting um, in meetings. And so he's got some um, anomalies and some like, you know, what do you call them? Like, you know, bad habits, quirks. Yeah. And, and so um, I brought in and I introduced, there's a, a coach that I know who actually coaches founders on their presentation skills okay. for pitching to venture capitalists, because you can only imagine how nerve wracking it is. And if I can be horribly stereotypical here, you know, you've got some like introverted engineer mm -hmm. founder who maybe isn't comfortable presenting in front of people like let's help draw him or her out of their shell so they can give a powerful presentation. Right. And so, you know, I, I had to, you know, I brought that up to the other co-founder. I brought in this coach and to me, you know, presenting a, Hey, or identifying a problem and presenting a solution and then leaving it up to them though ultimately to decide how to move forward to me, that's regardless if that's part of my job description, I feel like where I can see an opportunity to help, why wouldn't I help them if I want to see their business succeed? Right. You're, it's so funny that you, you mentioned that. My fiance is an engineer. He's a software engineer, too. I was an engineer, too. So I kind of comfortable saying that. So he's always creating something. And uh, he's also a real estate agent as well. And so, okay. and so I was like, you are just so outgoing. Like, why don't you get into this? And I was like, I don't want to do all that other stuff. I'll talk to people <laughs> all day, but I don't want to do the other stuff. So when you said this introvert, that is so stereotypical him. Like, <laughs> my, husband, <laughs> my husband's an introverted engineer too. So I'm like, I have, I live with one who's right downstairs. So. <laughs> yes, and I have one that's upstairs. Yeah, there you go. So, so when, when, because you are the, the founder <clears throat> of Arch. I'm sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Art collective. Okay. How do you keep the individuals who are part of the collective engaged and and sparked and on fire? Because I know you mentioned that some of these individuals are trying to get back in the field. They have specialties in other areas. So as the overseer, do you have for yourself um different type of, uh, what do you call them? Um, employee projects that they do together or potlucks, I don't know, team building to help keep everybody inspired or on fire or going, or how do you view that? And what does that look like for, for your company? So because I work with freelancers, I do not do okay. the typical team building, like okay. getting everyone together, things like that. Now, I think that they certainly have their place. Um, and so I, I don't have a problem with them. I don't think that it makes sense for, for the nature of my okay. business. But, you know, there's a lot of projects out there. Freelancers are in demand and especially the really, really great ones. I want them to want to continue to work with me and on my projects and with my clients. And so I am very conscious about how I treat them and how I engage them. And I'll give you a couple examples of, of at least the way I look at it and, and what, what I do with them. One is, you know, paying them on time. So I try and pay them as quickly as possible because, you know, I kind of think like the instant reward, I don't know if you ever babysat when you were growing up, but, you know, you babysit for three hours and you walk out with cash in hand mm -hmm. and that feels good. And it's like, okay, I'll go back and do that again. And so, you know, so often freelancers are the last person to get paid. And I think that that's diminishing to who they are as a human, to the work that they did. 
And so I like to reward people and try and pay them as quickly as possible. Okay. Um, another thing is to give them, going back to feedback, to give them honest feedback. I work with really, really great freelancers. And when they do an awesome job, I tell them. And it seems so simple and obvious, but like, you know, I know is, you know, because I'm a freelancer, but like I can go days without hearing anything good from anyone, right? And yeah. I didn't go into yeah. this for accolades, but who doesn't like to hear something nice every once in a while? And then the final piece, um, and I'm sure there's other things, but the, the main things are, I like to introduce them to clients. So it's very obvious from my website. I talk about my collective. So people know it's not just Amanda who's doing all the work. So when it's appropriate or the time is right, I love to bring a freelancer in and let them meet the client because mm -hmm. typically like nine times out of 10, my clients are happy. And as great as it is for me to say, hey, so-and-so, you did a great job. When they hear it directly from the client and they get a chance to take credit for the work that they did, I also think that's super empowering. And so I'm fortunate that many of the people I work with continue to want to work with me, continue to work with me. I've worked with a lot of them for years now, or at least, you know, two years or so. And, you know, I, I think it's because I, you know, I treat them like people and I have empathy for them too. Absolutely. And I think okay. that's one of the biggest things that have people um, want to continue because life is tough, right? Life is, you have unfortunate events that happen all the time. Just waking up every day for some people is, is really hard. And like you said, me, I'm a, I'm a clinician, I'm a therapist. Yes. And so seeing people who thrive or feel even better by someone saying, good morning, or how are you? And hearing those nice words like oh my god she sees me she sees that i did mm -hmm. something good the client sees me that just motivates me to want to even continue to do the work that i'm doing um so i think that's great that that's something that you provide for them um when it's necessary when it's needed now how do yeah. you yeah oh that's, go ahead please. Oh, okay. no no but that's important because it shows the time you put in with the clients. And you mentioned earlier that one of your clients was like, oh, wow, I forgot you weren't a regular employee because you're mm -hmm. here so much. That goes to show the time. So how much is there a certain amount of time that you allot or it just depends mm -hmm. on your client? How does that work? Well, it's, it's both. <laughs> you know, one, when, when I'm setting up an engagement with the client, and this goes back to this process that I have, I usually have a pretty good idea of what, amount of time I need to dedicate to a client over a month. That's the way I think of it in order for me to accomplish the goals that I've set out to accomplish for that particular client. And it could be a few hours a month. It could be a lot more. Um, in fact, I had one client where by the time I was done, I'm like, this is basically a full-time job, which was kind of crazy because I had a couple other clients, but I've been working with them for almost two years. And so like we were just getting ready to pass it over to, I brought in a full-time CMO to take over from me. And so in this transition, there were all these things we were working on. So, you know, ended up taking quite a bit of time, but the each engagement. Um, and I also think this is important. There's a lot of people out there that they have like a one size fits all approach. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe this goes back to how I think of my freelancers as individuals and each person needs something different. Well, each company does too. So yes, of course, I have a playbook, you know, I have an idea of what is going to need to happen, but I try to treat each client as just that because they're going to have their own unique circumstances and slightly different needs. 
um, from one company, one client to another. Now, how do you manage and, and balance all of these individuals and freelancers and contractors who are working for you? These oh, it's a breeze. No problem at all. Oh, okay. And your life and your children and your husband and social yeah. life. What? So what do you do for you? What does that look like? So yeah. what about well, that side of Amanda? I have, I don't even know where I heard this, but this, I, I heard this phrase or story or something somewhere along the way. And it's become my mantra. And it was something along the lines of, especially as a working parent, like you're never going to be able to do it all. But what's important is to identify what's a glass ball and a rubber Mm -hmm. ball. And that like, if you drop the rubber balls, they'll bounce back. You know, those aren't the big deals, but the glass balls like missing, you know, high school graduation or missing their first basketball game or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it could be. Mm -hmm. And so I really like to me that really spoke to me and it's like, I know I can't do it all. And I also think it's great to be, at least my perspective is I love being a working mom. I love setting that example for my children. I have a daughter, I have a son and for them to see like both of us working an equal partnership. I think that's such a phenomenal example to set. Not that we do it perfectly all the time. But, um, you know, so for my personal life, I try and keep this, like, I guess, give myself grace. Like, I'm not going to do it all. And in fact, um, last week, there was an an ice cream social at my kid's school. And it's my daughter's first year in kindergarten. So it's our first year at this new school. I wanted to go, but I had this massive client deliverable. And I was just like, I think it's going to be okay if I don't make the ice cream social. My husband took the kids. They had a good time. And I'm like, I wasn't there. And like, it's going to be okay. But like when it was her first day of kindergarten, I had all these meetings. I like blocked my calendar. I made sure I walked with her. And I'm like, that's an important day. So, you know, kind of having some grace with myself there. As far as managing the the team, I got to be honest, I don't have a perfect system. I don't even know if I have a system, but I I think, again, going back to the the human side of all of it, where it's like, I take good care of my team and I think they take good care of me. So it's like, if I, you know, dropped a ball with them, they'll be like, Hey, Amanda, we need this. Or you missed that the same way. If I'm like, Hey, I'm still waiting on that deliverable. It's not a big deal. So I think we've got, I've got a great team, you know, we're all in it together. I feel like we work really hard for, for my clients. And so I wish I could be like, Oh, this is what you should do or that. But like, (laughs) I'm a student of how to manage all of this too. And like each year it's going to change and each day it seems like it changes. So, um, you know, I use my calendar a lot. I think, you know, if it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. And that's probably like the best organization advice I can give. So, you know what? And and I really appreciate your honesty because sometimes you have individuals that go on platforms and because of the fear of judgment of others, you know, they feel as though they have to have it all together, but you're, authenticity and saying, you know what, it might not be perfect. I'm, you know, a student and I'm learning as I go and I have them and they have me. I think even when you were saying about your, you know, your children and how you are modeling for them and showing them that I'm still working and we're showing up and me and my husband, this is what we're doing. And it's a teamwork. I think that's, that is really, really important because it's not about how perfect we are because we're showing our children that perfection is an illusion. There's nothing in There's life. No that's going to, 
There's no such thing. <laughs> right. And Absolutely. so if I pretend that I'm perfect, I might be setting my children up for failure because they're going to be trying to match this perfect that does not exist. But giving yourself grace, you are indirectly showing them that it's okay for them not to be perfect and accept themselves as they are. So as a parent, as a working mom, as a uh, entrepreneur and business owner, I think that is one of the most important messages that you can show anybody. And by you showing them, you're also reminding yourself because you said it yourself. I guess I give myself grace. Well, and, you know, like ultimately girls, women, we have been taught to be perfect, right? It's like, you got to make sure your, your skin looks good and you're dressed right and you're fit and your body is whatever shape is the body shape of that day. And like, if you don't do it right, then you're unlovable is sort of like the vibe of what society tells us. And then you've got men where it's like, take chances, be brave and, you know, very different. And so, you know, it always sort of crushes me when my daughter gets upset when she doesn't get something right the first time, or it's like, it's not perfect. And it's like, it's okay. Like sometimes you've got to try more than once. And so like anything I can do to, to provide a different environment than like the world I grew up in, you know, where everything had to be just so and like, you know, media messages when mm-hmm. they were, they're certainly not perfect today, but it's like, you know, it like, as far as being a, a female in today's society, it's like, you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to be a certain size and you can do have as many jobs as you want or as few jobs, you know, if you follow one career path, mm-hmm. and like you're probably not going to get it right. And that's all good. And you're still lovable. Right. And Absolutely. so, yeah. Absolutely. Now, what has been the highlight of this journey for you? Um, I've always known to some extent that I wanted to start a business and I never knew what I wanted to start. And so to me to say, I am going to just go out and start this thing, like, and, and then go out and do it and then have it succeed that is an amazing journey because it there was a ton of and kind of going back to perfection there was a whole lot of done is better than perfect and i know a lot of people don't don't like that mentality but i think it's it's great like i remember putting my first website up and i was like i've never built a website but here we go and now what i have out there looks entirely different than what it did in november <laughs> 2019 but you know what we all are beginners at something and so I feel really proud of myself that I started a business, got it up and running, scared shitless the whole time I was doing mm-hmm. it, right? But then like, I'm still here to tell the tale. Yeah. That's okay, so, so with you saying that, what was your motivation to keep going outside of your children and your husband? How did you keep going and not just go in the corner and cry? Like, what, what was your push? Well, I wouldn't say that I never went in the corner and cried. So let's- <laughs> oh no, no, I know you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you did, but I mean, like to stay there, right? Um, yeah, and so this was. I'm trying to like kind of go back in time now. I guess that so I was expecting my son, and I um, to back up. My daughter came seven weeks early, and mm. part of the reason I think she came so early is I was very, very stressed at work. Um, and then when I was pregnant with my second, I was like, okay, I don't want him to come two months early basically and have to be in the NICU. And, and so, um, interestingly enough, I had just gotten a promotion at work 
And the my boss who had given me the promotion left a few weeks later and the her manager took the promotion away, told me I was never promoted and wow. basically had like one of the more or maybe the most demoralizing career conversations with me that I had. Wow. And so to me, there was never an option to stay at that company. And I was expecting at the time. So I was like, I'm not I wasn't prepared to go out and look for a job, although I did end up starting the search while I was still pregnant. And and I think for me, it was and this goes back. I was talking about having a daughter is that if I'm going to leave my children every day to go work, it better be for something that really means a lot to me and that I am making an impact on the world. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, if I'm in a role where I feel like things aren't really like this was a big bureaucracy, right? So I felt like I could be gone for a month and like things would move an inch. And I'm like, I want to go somewhere where we make decisions, you know, things are impactful. And so um, there was never really a choice for me to go back. And mm -hmm. so once I made the decision, I was like, here we go. And I, you know, I made it happen. And so, yes, there was definitely tough times. And especially when I was trying to get my first client, I mean, like, I've got some crazy stories about that, but, you know, I, I did it and I just kept on going and I have an amazing husband who's super supportive. He's my biggest cheerleader and, and I have an executive coach and she does a ton for me too. So I, I feel like I've got a good, you know, board of directors. I don't have a formal board of directors for my business. But like, you know, between these two people, I feel like I can take on the world. And then looking at my kids, I'm like, I want to take on the world and set that example. So when you have out of those four interviews that you had, were any of those companies your first client? No. Although, um, interestingly enough, one of them became a client uh, um, last year. So oh, I did. Oh, end up, wow. That's good. I did end up working with one of them. Um, not, not the other ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, what's next for Arch Collective? What, what, what's on the horizon? Do you have it? Now you don't have to give us all the plans because you know you got to keep some stuff secretive. But for what you can tell us, what's next for Arch Collective? Um. Well, hopefully a lot. So I earlier um, this year I launched my first course. And I actually just, and I haven't done like a formal launch, but put together um, another offering, which is a, a marketing audit. Um, you know, obviously the, the economy and where it is today isn't where it was in the last year. And especially with startups not getting as much funding, you know, with them in mind, I thought, wouldn't it be great to have someone take a look at your marketing plan and your strategy and see, is this going to get you to where mm -hmm. you're going mm -hmm. and or like, what should we be doing now that things have changed to better, you know, help us hit our targets that we have either for this year or beyond. And so I'm constantly, you know, listening to my clients, paying attention to what's going on there, going on out there. And, and so where there's an opportunity to help support them in a new way, um, you know, I'm, I jump in and I, I try and create that offering for them. And then there's, you know, you know, other things that I have in my mind, but maybe we do that as a follow-up. Yes. <laughs> and how do you, um, if I, if, if I am someone who's listening and I, I have a startup and I'm like, you know what, how will I know when it's time for me to contact 
and organizations such as yours for assistance and help? How, do, how, how does a business owner know? So I, I work with companies that don't have any clients all the way till about series A funding. And then okay. you know, series A, I take them on. And then around series B is when I bring in a full-time marketer. Okay. That's usually when they need someone full-time, not a fractional CMO. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, you know, really at, at any time, if you're, you know, if you're looking to, to grow your business, you know, to, to like figure out how to set up your marketing, to build your brand, to build your messaging, some of those foundational pieces that don't seem so hard, but then when you sit down to do them, they're like, oh, wow, I've never done this. This is super complicated. You know, reach out, you know, there's lots of ways that we can help and work with entrepreneurs. Okay. So how can our listeners and viewers contact you? How do we get in contact with you? How do we hire you? Well, not hire. How do we inquire about services? Because you might not want to work with them. Uh, how do they contact you? Well, you know, pick your favorite channel, right? So I've got a <laughs> website. You can fill out a form. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. So if you prefer social media and reaching out to, to me that way, um, you know, either of those those ways will, will work for me. Those are the best ways to get to me. Okay. And I'm going to try to... Under, under the Arch Collective or under, under what? It's Arch-Collective. Sorry, for which one? For, for all of them. Okay, so I see. Oh, yeah, that's the website. And yeah, there's there's a button at the top that says get in touch, I think, or, or something along those lines. And so there's a quick form to fill out. And then um, I, I quickly follow up and we can set up time to chat. All right. Well, it was such a pleasure learning about this uh, service yeah. and your company and your passion and your drive. And well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed the yes. conversation. Oh, of course, of course. So yes, when you go to that next phase of your company, yeah, yeah. you'll have to come back and share it with us. We yeah. would love to have you and hear more about what Arch Collective is doing and how they're continuing to make an impact in the lives of so many businesses and startups. Well, and I want to say it sounded like from um, the the woman who was on right before me that you have a dissertation that you're defending. I do. So best of luck to you. I hope it all goes very well. I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you. It is. Um, I created two products. I created a survey for therapists to give to their patients. I'm a sex therapist, by the way, okay. uh, to, to their patients uh, so that we can identify the disconnects and the incompatibilities. And I also created a, for individuals who may not want to go to therapy, I also created a card game called uh, Sex Unveiled, the card game that friends, partners, lovers, anybody could play with one another. And it causes them to create the conversation around things that they're into and not into. So my product launches November 1st. I'm excited. All of the research that I've done around it and creating conversation and continuing the conversation around things that may make us feel shameful. So I'm super excited. So that sounds amazing. And so, well, well good luck with the formality of the defending. Thank you. That's thank no you. Problem. Thank you. And, um, you know, good luck with the sales of the car game. That sounds super, super interesting. So yes, I already yes, got sales already. <laughs> so, I'm excited about that. So we will definitely be in touch. Um, and we just thank you for your time and spending some time with us this evening. Thank you for your time as well. Have a good evening. Thank you. Have a good you night. That was such a great conversation. It Lisa. was. It really was. And let's, let's let's um hold on before you even try to go past what you just said on this 
show here, young lady. <laughs> you need to repeat that and give them the information where they can purchase this game because I'm going to have to get me one because it's you and I got to support you. <laughs> but this is so exciting. Oh, my gosh. You were just going to slide on past. No, man, yes, you yes, were yes. not going to slide past that. But give the people the info, ma'am. Huh, well, if you go to Sex Unveiled, and that's S-E-X-D, Unveiled, on Instagram, there's a link in the bio where you can pre-order your cards. Um, there's a promotional price going on. Uh, Dr. G, she has already uh, taken part in the pre-sales, and I appreciate of course. her so, so much with some um, other individuals. And I'm just super excited. And so you can find me at Cortina Peters. I'm lying. You cannot. You can, find me at the, <laughs> you can find me at the girlfriend therapist. That's where you can find me. You can find me at the girlfriend therapist. Um, and um, uh, yeah, you can find me at the girlfriend therapist on all social media platforms. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. I need to start being more on the social media because I'm hardly on IG and I get a lot of stuff from you guys. And the only time I'm on is when I'm posting about us or my other shows. <laughs> so oh, I didn't even okay. see it. But oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And definitely I will have to come after I defend and explain it um, to our listeners and to our viewers so that they can know what's happening and we can possibly have a conversation about the importance of communicating your wants, needs, and desires with your partners. Absolutely. Uh, you already know. I'm going to tell you right now. When it comes out, I will be playing it with my other co-hosts and other peoples. And we yeah. most likely oh, yeah. will film it. So yeah. you got to get it out there. I'm so excited for you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited. So, yes, Miss Louisa. Tell us where we can find you. Well, you can find me depending on where you're looking. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at the Blue Phoenix Hills on every platform that the Blue Phoenix Hills is on. Um, also on usually, I'm oh, sorry, on every other Wednesday night after this wonderful inspiration happy hour, I'm on another show with, um, GI Mo on both sides of the coin. And on Thursdays at 8.30, I'm on another show called The No Filter Show. All right. All right. Well, uh, you know, you can also go ahead and hip, hip, hit uh, the tip jar if you want to give us, you know, sponsor or support. We are always uh, looking for individuals to, you know, if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, you want to hit the tip jar. We, we appreciate everyone who always uh, finds it not robbery to go ahead and give us a little tip in our tip yes, jar. Thank you so much. Yes, we really yes, appreciate yes. you. We absolutely love when you, you know, leave us tips. If you want to be a part uh, or you want to be a guest on our show, you can go to herspirationhappyhour at gmail.com and send us a message. You can also go to our website and you can fill out the form to be a guest and we will get with you and see if it lines and matches with our schedule. We love all of our guests that we have. We have we talk about so many different topics on this show. So it's not like you can pigeonhole Herspiration Happy Hour into 
one kind of category because we kind of talk about it all. We have some inspirational. We have some well-rounded podcast. Absolutely. We are a well-rounded podcast and we just love our listeners and our viewers who tune in um, with us. And uh, with that, what do we normally say, Louisa, when we're heading out? Cheers. Cheers.